to the LP. Why haven't we made a shirt that says that yet? Welcome to the LP. Welcome to the LP. I don't know, but I made a t-shirt design today. My you first did. t-shirt design. Did you make that on Canva? Yeah, I don't know how to transfer it it's over. It's okay. I'll log into the Canva account and I'll switch that over. It's um, so Sunday morning, second service didn't have a soul in the sanctuary um, as the timer ran out. You know, like the timer counts down, time to char- start church, and there wasn't anybody in there. So I yelled from behind the drum set, worship is better than donuts, because there was a ton of donuts out there. And look, I love donuts, but I think the donuts had everybody distracted. Yeah, so I made a t-shirt that, um, it's really cool, you'll see the design when it gets it posted, but it says, um, worship is better than donuts, yeah. it's super cool. Super cool, love that. Usually I'm like the t-shirt creator, but you hit me with that one today over Snapchat, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I love it, so... We got worship is better than donuts in the shop here soon. Um, got lots of cool t-shirts in the shop. Look, again, it is a non-profit shop. Like, we do not make a single penny off of these shirts. The goal of making these shirts, and it's not just shirts. You can put it on a coffee mug, a tote bag, a hat, a hoodie, whatever you want. The, the goal of these designs is to have this neat apparel that hopefully somebody would ask you a question about. They would see worship is better than donuts and be like, what's that about? And you're like, it's this podcast that my church does or this podcast I listen to. If you're not part of Lighthouse Community Church, it's this podcast I listen to and they talk about Jesus. And it's just a way to have the gospel shared through t-shirts, through podcasts, through conversation. Look, if you're not the kind of person that's like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. You could be the kind of person that accidentally, intentionally strikes up a conversation through a hoodie or a coffee mug. Yeah, it's like um, right now in youth group, we're going through a study called The Four. Um, It was actually supposed to be a four to six week study, and um, it's um, broken into three different training sessions is what they're called, and we've been doing it through the entire month of January, and we just now got through training session one. So it's definitely going to be a lot longer than four to six weeks, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, The point of me saying that is um, at the end of it, every student that completes it gets a t-shirt and a bracelet that says the four with um, symbols on it with the hopes. um, The four is basically, um, I'm I'm not going to say modernized, but just an easy way for students to um, share the gospel uh, easier than just, you know, trying to start that conversation. Contextualization. Yes. So um, once they complete this, the four training study that we're doing, um, each of them will get a T-shirt and a bracelet with hopes that um, it'll make it easier for them to share the gospel. Yeah, so. just strike up that conversation, you know. And What's it's that fun. Yeah. There's some fun T-shirt designs on there. It is. It is super fun. And it's just a way to be a part of something. I think everybody yeah. likes to be a part of something. So you can, you know, join the LP group. Um, so at church, just real quick, I want to talk about, we have a lot of like news and facts to talk about today. A lot of fun, different things going on in the world. I guess fun, interesting is the way to put it. Interesting things going on in the world. But first, I just want to talk about church. We had Bob Burton um, come down and preach at uh, Lighthouse over the weekend. So Bob um, is part of um, the North American Mission Board. Is he part of the North American Mission Board or IBSA? I think it's the North American Mission Board. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I'm sorry, Bob. I don't remember exactly. (laughs) But he's part of... I think it's IBSA. I think it is IBSA. Um, It is because he knows like Kevin Jones and all them. Yeah. Um, So he's part of the IBSA and uh, he is looking to become an interim pastor. Well, guess what? Lighthouse is looking to get an interim pastor. So, um, you know, the stars align. The Lord is bringing 
um, somebody forth, um, you know, to, to fill that role. And he's, you know, looking like a very um, strong candidate for that. I know the leadership team is pumped about him coming out. And I think he did a fantastic job. Um, it felt good. Um, you know, we've had a couple of different people come in and preach throughout the last month and, and just kind of throughout, you know, um, the transition period. Um, and that felt good. It felt good having Bob there. Um, we got to meet uh, him and his wife, um, delivered a great message on, you know, just trusting God. Uh, we looked at Moses and Joshua and that kind of story, you know, of um, the Exodus and, and what happened thereafter and just trusting God in times of transition. So, and, and he kind of brought me in a little insider news that um, that's going to be his, his like four week series is on transitions in life and different characters of the Bible. Uh, well, characters, you know, people of the Bible. Yeah, do you have some takeaways from that? Well, he did have like his takeaways that he had up on the screen. Like you said, it was very good. I really enjoyed his message, and I felt like it was very timely, but in a respectful way, um, if that makes sense. So I just thought that I would share um, the different takeaways that I took from each of his takeaways, um, and then you can just kind of like piggyback on those Okay, well, the first one is um, acknowledging grief. And so first, these are all things that he as an interim wants to help us walk through um, while he is our interim if he gets that position. Okay, so uh, the first one was acknowledging grief. I feel like this is one that some people, probably a lot of people really don't think about um, necessarily when they think about a pastor leaving is the the grieving of it um, because it's not just a pastor leaving like it's your friend and it's your um, what's well, the point of a pastor a pastor isn't just a preacher right I think a lot of people fail to understand is a pastor is not a preacher a pastor is a shepherd right and that's the goal of it so there's somebody that's been dedicated into your life like Bob said the person that left your church didn't just preach the person that left your church married you went to your family's funerals came to your kids graduations sat at your dinner table you know so you do grieve whenever a person like that leave. you lost a friend right and it's not like if you had um like when Amy and Tyson left for example when they had to move for um Tyson's work like we grieved over that for yeah. a long time. Like it hurt and it wasn't fun. And it's the same thing when I, and when your pastor leaves. And so, like I said, I think that's something that maybe a lot of people um, don't really, they just don't consider it grief, if that makes sense. Or they just want to um, skip over it. Yeah. And just like move past it where honestly, like it's easier to just do that. Right. It's easier to just be like, it's done. It's over. Like, let's just move on and find a new pastor. You know, yeah. it's easier to just skip that part. Um, but something that I took away from that, that he said that really stuck out to me, um, was an analogy that he used, um, when his, uh, dad passed away and he said, wouldn't it have been weird if at the funeral somebody was like, Hey, here's this new guy that you could start talking to. Yeah. You know? And it's the same way. Like we have, um, a pastor who uh, got called to do something else and um, had to leave. And it would be weird and awkward and hurtful um, if we just immediately brought somebody in and was like, here's your new pastor, like just live with it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that stuck out to me um, with the acknowledging grief thing because, um, you know, that's an area of this whole thing that I haven't struggled with, but it's been like, 
I'm the type of person where I'm just like, let's just move on. Like it just like, I just want to skip the grief. <laughs> yeah. So whenever he said that, I was like, okay, like I totally get that analogy. So, um, that was my takeaway for that. Um, the next thing he said was, uh, to pay attention to the small things. This was probably my favorite of his takeaways. Um, and one of the things he said was that God uses a bunch of little things to do the big things. So he was talking about how it's easy in life to, um, to look back and see the big things that God has done for us and to see the big things that we think God is doing for us right now and just to kind of forget about all of the little things that led up to it, you know? And so it's just so important to uh, continue to look for those little things and appreciate those little things and be um, obedient in those little things. Yeah, well, and just taking every minute and attributing it to God. You know, just, and that's kind of viewing life through the kingdom mindset, putting on your gospel lens when you look at your day to day life. You could look at it as so you look at your story. Let's say you're married and you look at the story of how you met your spouse. You meeting your spouse wasn't you saw each other one day and then you got married and then you had kids and now you bought a house and you're together. There's so many other things that went with that. Maybe right. there was an email that was sent one day. Maybe you went and got coffee somewhere. The only reason you were standing in the same line at the shoe store is because you got caught up in traffic. You know, like there's so many little things that God does. And it's just so fun to whenever you tell a story of faith or when you tell a story of just something fantastic that you know God did, to go back and attribute every little piece. God does everything, little and big. So, yeah, totally. But to it's see just those like in our things. own testimonies, right? Like when we tell our t- testimony, we don't just say like, oh, well, um, I was kind of a crappy human and then, oh, suddenly I found Jesus and now I'm better. Yeah. You know, like a- that is the 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 short version of it, you know, but there's just so much more that goes into it. And, um, so just remembering those little things and keeping, um, him at the front of your mind of all, uh, at all times. And also just continuing to be faithful during those times, continuing to serve, continuing to read your Bible, continuing to worship well and love well. Yeah. And that's Um, doing the little things. Not your, your Christian story. Once you're saved, isn't just saving people, you know, that's like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm you know apart from Jesus, I'm the reason Roger came to faith. You know, like, well, you you were a catalyst in that, but what about the times that you prayed for him, and then the time that he came to your house, and then the time that you read this verse to him, and then this time that you prayed with him, and then this time that he met another friend, and then you know what I'm saying there's so much more that goes into pouring into people. There's so much more that goes into pouring into yourself, and yeah, it's every part of our story is little things. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the next thing he said was to wait on God's timing. Um, and gosh, isn't that just kind of hard sometimes? Isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> Especially I mean, whenever in this God season. is eternity, you yeah. know, when God is eternity and we only get about 80 years, right. you know, on average, it's like, whoo, God, I really need my timing to work here. <laughs> right. Well, and just like in all things, we have to trust God's timing and, there's been so many times in our life where looking back, we're like glad that we trusted God's timing. But in the moment we were so like ready to just hurry it along, like, um, our house buying process or trying to get pregnant or, um, you know, just things like that where we're like, okay, is this ever going to happen? When looking back now, it's like God's timing was perfect. Like finding the house that we found, it's 
it's exactly where we're supposed to be. You know, the timing of finally getting pregnant with Crosby after trying for a year and a half, like it was perfect timing. Like Myra and him get along so well. It's just such a perfect age gap. And so those are just a couple um, examples of when, you know, trusting God's timing has been huge in our life. So and this analogy just came into my head when you were talking about trusting God's timing. So the other week, whenever I was preaching on Youth Led Sunday, I had made a joke like, husbands, I'm going to call us out now, husbands, how many times do we just ask our wives, how long should I put this in the microwave for? Like, it's pretty easy to guess. Like, you put a hot pocket in the microwave for two minutes. Just push the two button. If it's still cold, warm it up some more, right? And, like, it's just our natural inclination to be like, hey, babe, how long do I put this in the microwave for? Like, we have to stop trusting ourselves and start asking God how much time to put on the microwave. Yeah. You know, like, I don't need to trust my own time here. I can just act like, God, how much time do I need to push? How long do I need to wait? I'm cool with it. Yeah. My judgment of, of how long it's going to take for this meal to be perfectly warm is flawed. So, God, what's the timing on the microwave? Right. Yeah, and hope that he answers you right because... Or else we're just going to be sitting there with cold food. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to eat one day. We're going to eat one day. Um. <laughs> going to be sitting there with cold food. Oh, no. Um, one of the things that he said during that... Um, little section of his sermon was that the future is just as bright as God's promises. Mm. And I loved that because gosh, the Bible is just full of God's promises and God's awesome promises and God's promises coming true. And so how good is it? How sweet is it to look forward to our future? Even if we don't know how long to put it on the microwave, right? Like we know that at the end, that food is going to be perfectly warm exactly, and it's going to taste so good because it's so sweet. Like the promises of God, God's word. Yep. So I really loved that. Um, and then the last part of his sermon was, um, to help set us up to prosper and succeed. Um, and while I didn't have a specific takeaway from that section, um, in the future, if uh, the LT decides to go with him as an interim, I do look forward to hearing um, his input um, on our church in a lot of different areas because it is uh, harder as somebody who just loves that church with my whole heart and um, I work in the church uh, and you know, all of those things play a part in it being a little harder for me to be harsh in some areas that I should be. Um, because I'm just like, I don't know how to describe it. Like to take I just a realistic like, stance on areas that the church needs help. Right. Be- spiritual help, physical help. I mean, it's when it comes down to it, a church is an organization right. and it has to be run in one fashion or another. We rely heavily and and solely to a point on the holy spirit and prayer like we trust that god is going to move in the people making decisions right but there's still areas where people need to be thinkers and where people need to slow down and and to have that outside unbiased input like hey this is an area that you need to try a little harder in and i you know i have this input so yeah. that's, that's where an outside fresh opinion can help and not have that bias. Like our church isn't that bad off. Well, know? and I do think also or that good off. Right. Either. Um, I think also it's going to be good because, uh, I just, you know how sometimes you can hear a pastor preach and you can just trust that like 
his thoughts and his words are biblical. Mm-hmm. Like he is speaking theologically, biblically correct, right? And so I think it'll be good to have that biblical perspective where when we have wants and desires personally for our church, um, as humans will, you know, yeah. because we have desires and we and we pray for those desires, but sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in those desires. And so to just have that biblical sound voice that's like, you know, just keep praying and, you know, God's going to work in this and you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's going to be good. I think the season that we're coming into right now, it's going to be a sweet season and I just look forward to it. And Much I pray, needed. I pray that man, God just does big things with it. This and here's the thing, even it. after the, at the end of the day, for some reason, the leadership team decides that Bob isn't the guy. Um, even if that does happen, I truly think that, um, last week and the next three weeks to follow are going to be good for our church and it's going to be refreshing and it's going to be, um, I feel like God's going to use him to hit areas that maybe, um, you and Rick and the other people that we've had preach, um, haven't been able to hit for, you know, certain reasons. And I just think it's going to be good and I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right. So listen, there's actually a lot going on in the world. Yeah. So do you want the, we're going to save the good news for last because I want to end on a happy note. Me too. So let's start with the, um. I can't even take it serious what you're about to say. Let's start with, um, what the episode's called. The world's biggest game of keepy uppy. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) if you were curious about the, um, the title this week and you're like, I don't even know what this means. Um, if you have children or grandchildren, or if you're just a cool adult like us, um, you love or have heard of the show called Bluey. Bluey. A fantastic cartoon for children and adults alike. Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend. Great show. Um, and one of their episodes, uh, is called Keepy Uppy. And so, it's where it's it's all about the game where you like you have a balloon, not a helium balloon, just a regular balloon that you blow up. And you know we've all played it where you bounce the balloon across the room and you can't let it hit the floor. Well, they call it keepy uppy. And we saw a meme on the internet that said once um, the United States had shot down the, for a lack of better terms, I don't know why the world ran with it, the China balloon. Yeah. Like goodness, we couldn't have picked literally anything else. <laughs> the China balloon. Um, once the the government had shot it down, somebody had posted on social media, um, the world's biggest game of keepy uppy has come to an end. Yeah, and I was cracking up. Hilarious. So um, usually we have like episode 32, blah, 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 blah. That's why this one is just called, this episode of the LP is called world's largest game of keepy uppy. Yeah, because that's how their episodes always start, is they'll yeah. be like, this episode of Bluey is called keepy uppy. So, so anyway. that's fun. And... Moving from that, so ha ha ha, keepy uppy, China balloon, all that stuff. There's a lot um, of talk going on about it. Um, one because it's China, so communism, China, you know, kind of not necessarily foes of America, but we're kind of opposing forces. We're the two largest military forces in the world. Um, so there's a little enmity between um, the United States and China. So there's Plenty of different views going on about this, um, conservative, liberal, whatever, whatever side you're on. The one feeling that we would like to just kind of gently tackle quickly here is fear. Um, and I immediately go to Second Timothy 
chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. And hopefully those last two words stuck out to you there. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of sound judgment. I get it. You know, if we don't know what that balloon had. We don't know what the satellite had. Literally nobody here on the ground knows anything about anything as to what happened unless you have a Department of Defense background or current history. Like, we, we just don't know. Nobody knows anything about it. Okay, like, just to be completely real, all of your thoughts and speculations are just that thoughts and speculations there's a handful of people that have facts and as much as we would like to know them we don't so we need to use sound judgment in what we're telling each other the words that we're saying to each other and how we're responding yeah you know it's your actions your feelings your life your emotions your responses are all part of your christian testimony in your walk in front of society, your life is a platform, Christian. Just be wise about how you're handling it, please. It's easy to get scared, and it's easy to lean on one side or the other, wherever your political stance is. But remember, at the end of the day, Christian, you're on Team Jesus. So just be mindful, you know, mm-hmm. about about how this is handled. So um, just kind of wanted to go over that. The side that I lean on with the whole China balloon is humor. So yeah, I mean, what else do you do? You know, <laughs> like laugh. yeah. It's so it's so bizarre. It is just crazy. What a weird thing. And then the next night after they <laughs> popped it, there was a helicopter landing by the hospital, and it was flying like right over our house. Why? I don't know. But it literally like two circled o'clock our in house. the morning. Our house was shaking. This thing was so low. And I was terrified. She's like, "Babe, it's China." I'm <laughs> sleeping on the couch because our daughter was <laughs> sleeping in bed, and I'm like, "They're here," and I was like, "No, they're not." You just woke me up. What? It was crazy. It was crazy. So, anyway. Uh, okay, so number two. In- um, number two in news is something very sad, actually. So, um, I learned today that on Monday night, um, more than a 1,000 people have been confirmed dead after a massive 7.8 magnitude earthquake rocked southeast Turkey and Syria early Monday, leveling several buildings as people slept in their beds. No. Yeah, and so obviously right now there's rescuers searching for survivors that may be trapped under rubble, and gosh, a thousand plus people are dead. Already confirmed. You know that number is going to climb, too. And, man, this is terrible for more than one reason, but um, gosh, guys, I just implore you to be praying for those people, Um, be praying for those communities, and... uh, That's all we can do from over here. I mean, you can try to find some sort of, you know, outreach to where you can, like, donate to it and things like that. Maybe you are called to go on mission over there, and that'd be super cool if you could. But at the very least, right now, I mean, you could even pause the podcast real fast and just pray, and just pray for these people. I mean, that's first thing you're going to be called to do is, you know, intercede um, on their behalf. There's people who don't have words to say, let alone, you know, the breath to breathe to pray right now. So you can pray to God on their behalf um, for just what all of the feelings they're they're going through right now. So. Absolutely. Um, and then last but not least in the news section of the podcast today is um, we have officially closed the donations for um, Somalia, the hunger crisis. 
Um, and I was able to send over sixty dollars to them. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's, that's five, five meals, five children, five children that to eat we for were how able. Long? A month? Uh, I don't remember. I think Something it feeds like that. them for a month. Um, but thank you, everyone who donated to that. Yeah. Um, gosh, how cool is it that we got to be a part of that? And um, we were able to help, like I said, five kids um, fight that crisis. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. I sent yeah. that over today. So it is really cool, you know, and I. I was talking to my boss today. Um, we just heard a bad story um, about a family and um, a kid that you know had a unfortunate life uh, without going into any detail. And I just I told her, you know, I was like, I since I have been saved, I have felt um, an overwhelming sense of anguish for children, and it, it's just what the Lord has put on my heart. Like whenever I hear stories about children and unfortunate situations, abuse, death emotional thing, whatever, when kids just get the short straw, you know, they get dealt a bad deck. Um, I mean, it hurts like, I mean, it wells me up thinking about it and I just hate hearing kids in anguish. So to hear that five kids are fed, like how cool. Yeah, man. These kids that have just unfortunate situations, I mean, And so many times in those situations do we feel hopeless, and we feel like like there's just nothing that we can do, and... um, If you gave, you did something. Yeah. And if you couldn't give, um, just pray. Yeah. Again, pray. You're still giving something. Exactly. So, thank you again. Um, Real quick, to end up things, end out, not end up, end out things, you have a fact about what? So I am, yeah, we're going to enter the facts section now. Our transitions are a little weak this week. That's all right. They've been better lately, though. They have been trying to make neat little segues to get from one portion to the next. Um, Let's go over to Revelation. Oh, Revelation chapter 5. We're getting to the fact. Oh, okay. So Revelation chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look in it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And you need to go into Revelation and read all of it to find out what the scrolls and the seals and all this stuff is. But why I read that is because we're always telling animal facts, right? We're always telling animal facts. So why not tell some facts about lions? The Lion of Judah, the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, whom we worship and praise and and follow devotely. He's a lion. He's a lion. He's a lion. Did I tell that? Um, I don't think I told that line from my apologetics study that I'm doing right now and in last week's podcast there was a lion a lion <laughs> lion <laughs> there's a line in, by a there's a quote by um an apologist oh and I forget when she wrote it but she said why have we started and this is very very poorly paraphrased but she said, why have we started treating the Lion of Judah like a mere house cat? I'm mm. like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. We have tamed the claws of the lion to that of a house cat. Yes. And I'm like, man, like, stop forgetting that Jesus is a lion. He's not some frail little declawed, domesticated, you know, feline. So let's talk about these big 
powerful lions, what is the top speed of an adult lion? 35 miles an hour. 50. Whoa! Ooh. Again, an NFL like skill player, their top speed is around 22 miles well, an hour. they will be dead. The Gobbled lion will up. eat them. The yes. lion of Judah comes with fire. Um, what is a lion's average diet? Antelope. Zebras, giraffes. I was going to say zebras. Oh my gosh. Zebras, giraffes, wild pigs, cape, buffalo, antelope, and wildebeests. Didn't I say antelope? Is that what I said? Oh, you did, yeah. Boom. That was in there. Look at me. Um, what is their average weight? Um... 213 pounds. Ooh, that's a skinny lion. The average weight is between 265 and 550. My my lion's a little malnourished. Mm. It hasn't caught a zebra in a while. Yeah, or a giraffe or a wildebeest. Uh, yeah, so that's my... Just those are basic facts about lions. So um, what do you got? Well, funny that your facts were about lions because mine are about cats. One of them. One of them is about a cat. Okay. Um, so cats can't taste sweet stuff. Like, they just can't taste it. They can taste salty things. Then why are the cats constantly trying to lick my ice cream out of the bowl? Because it's milk. Cats like milk. Milk. We're not doing this. (laughs) Okay, and then my last... (laughs) (laughs) And my other fact is about sea lions. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, um... Not only are sea lions super adorable, but they're also very musical. They're the only hmm. animal that can clap to a beat. I love that. So really, you're basically only, just a sea I lion. Like, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Is that a new t-shirt? Right, we cannot make a t-shirt every week, a sea lion on a drum set. Oh my gosh, you have to do oh it. Oh my gosh. You know what they call like drummers in a high school band? It's like they're in the drum line. Yeah. Drum line. Drum and a lion. <laughs> a seal with a snare drum. Stop it. Oh, no. Monkeys can't clap to a beat. No. Tell me about all the fun little guys that have the cymbals then. They're not clapping. They're cymbal, cymbling, cymbalzing. I mean, if you take the cymbals out of their hand. What would that be called, babe? It's called a train wreck. And that's what the very end of this episode has become. <laughs> <laughs> this is just us, y'all. And just like a train wreck, you can't stop listening. You're welcome, honestly. So now we're going to tell facts about blueberries. No, we're not. Shag carpet. Okay, guys. Wait, 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 wait. And the 1814 musket. Listen, your your phrase for this week is um, drum, drum lion. lion. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. That was, that was 100% High five. on plan. <laughs> All right. Bye,